0: It's Throwback
1: Thursday. Hey, everybody. Krista makes a podcast. Producer Chris Vivalius here. Back with another Throwback Thursday episode. This one comes from all the way back on December 27th, 2021, when Tom Higginson sat in to discuss the Plain White tea smash hit single, Hey There, Delilah. This is a great and insightful episode, and it's a song that means a lot to a lot of people. So I thought I'd put it back out there in case any of our new listeners missed it or if just anyone out there wants to listen to it again. If you are a new listener to Krista Makes a Podcast, don't be afraid to scroll back through that back catalog of episodes. We've had so many incredible guests talking about so many iconic songs. And even if the episode is a few years old, it doesn't matter. The story behind the song remains the same, so the episode is just as relevant now as it was then. Okay, I'll let you get to it. From December 27th, 2021, this is episode number 83, Tom Higginson discusses Plain White Tees' Hey There Delilah. Hey
0: everybody, today's guest is Tom Higginson, lead vocalist and guitarist for the Chicago, Illinois rock band, The Plain White Tees. Together we break down their mega smash hit, Hey There Delilah, Taken from their 2005 album, All That We Needed. Talk about worlds colliding. I have a long history with the production team for this album, Ariel Reichscheid and Lauren Israel. Ariel used to play in the Southern California ska punk band The Hippos, and Lauren used to be a scout at Capitol Records, who brought Less Than Jake to the attention of the higher-ups at the label. Sean O'Keefe also worked on the track, producing the string and cello sections for the song. Sean mixed a Less Than Jake record back in the day as well, I wasn't too surprised to hear from Tom that the song was written very quickly, and initially, there wasn't much more thought behind the song. The story behind the track is fascinating on a number of levels, and Tom shares an awesome story about a fan from Italy who cried the very first time she heard it without understanding one lyric within the song. This track is about as honest and real as it gets from a singer-songwriter perspective, and I feel the song is truly timeless. For all this and a whole lot more, stay tuned. a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Tom, what's happening? What's up, Chris? Good to be here, man. Good to see you. So, uh, where where are you tuning in from right
2: now? Well, okay, so right now I've actually got a crazy week ahead of me. I know this is going to air much later, but Uh, Right now, I'm in Chicago. That's where home base is for me and and the rest of the guys in Plain White Tees. Actually, some guys are are kind of in LA now and stuff. But anyway, I'm in Chicago. Next, in about three days, we're going to Nashville. We're going to be doing some recording in Nashville with Plain White Tees, which is very exciting. And then from Nashville, I'm going to New York for one night to see that band 100 Gex. Have you heard them yet?
0: I have not. Dude, no. it's
2: the craziest new shit. I'm so, they're like my obsession right now. They're so good. No,
3: no, 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 no. Anything about me, 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 me. Anything about me. You'll never really know, no, 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 no,
2: and then i'm going to la for one day to record a quick song with my side project tlb Uh, and then i'm back in chicago for you know the rest of the the holidays and everything so i've got like the crate like you know we've been pretty much You know, in one place for the past year and a half in this coming week, I'll I'll be in like three cities in four days. It's going to be crazy. You're
0: you're making up for lost time. Exactly. Right.
2: (laughs) Got to get it all in there now.
0: Right on. So, uh, you know, you guys are from uh, formed as a trio in 97 in, in Lombard, Illinois. The band started out playing uh, local punk shows in Chicago and began to establish itself in the scene. And your debut album, Come On Over, arrived in 2000. Uh, you self-financed your full-length album, Stop, that was released in 2002 and attracted the attention of Fearless Records. And in 2005, you guys released All That We Needed, which was the first studio album with a reformed lineup. The album featured Hey There, Delilah, the song we are going to break down today. And the album was produced by uh, Ariel Reichscheid, which uh, it's so crazy to me, his career career, where that oh, yeah. guy has went. I mean, he was just the guitar player singer for the hippos, this, right. you know, Scott punk band from Southern California where, where, you know, less than Jake had met him as, as a young kid. Uh, and the album was also co-produced by Lauren Israel, which again, worlds colliding here. Lauren was the scout that brought less than Jake to Capitol records back in the day.
2: <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to talk about that because always back in the day when we were working with Lauren he would talk about you guys in Jimmy World. Those were like his two really big, yeah. you know, successful bands that he kind of developed or discovered or whatever. And so, yeah, I, Lauren, I mean, I, don't know, I feel like everybody eventually like fires Lauren or like can't deal with them <laughs> anymore. But man, that guy was really, really special and important to me early on. You know, kind of for that, like, like I said, developing bands and discovering new talent, like. I've never met anybody as good as him, even through all these years. How about do you how what's your uh oh, what's your, no, I, your vibe? I,
0: yeah, Tom, I have the same take on on Lauren. He's just uh you know Eats, breathes, and sleeps music. Just a music lover. Um, gets in there. Uh, he champions a band to the nth degree. He 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 runs it as you know as far as he can. And uh, and he's awesome. He was uh, really pivotal in, in getting my career going. Which when I was digging into this song and I saw his name, him and Ariel, I was like, you got to be kidding <laughs> kidding me here. You know. Uh, I noticed though that uh, Hey There Delilah was produced by Ariel and Sean O'Keefe is credited. Which again, worlds colliding. Sean uh, mixed the than jake b is for b-sides album that came out oh, in no 2004 kidding. of course he's done a bunch of other stuff fallout boy uh yeah and, you know and all kinds of all kinds of other projects but um so sean was brought in uh as an extra for just that track how did that happen
2: so basically yeah obviously sean's a chicago guy so we knew yeah. sean he worked with you know fallout boy who we were buddies with and he also worked with I, I mentioned, well, I guess I didn't mention on the podcast, but talking to the producer, Chris, I mentioned DeMar, our drummer. He was in a band called Knockout. And they actually did, that was one of Sean O'Keefe's first records he ever made was for, with with Knockout. So DeMar knew him, uh, had worked with him before. We knew him just from being around Chicago. And so, yeah, so we made Heather Delilah. We produced it up with Ariel. But it was just on that record all that we needed. It was just an acoustic and a vocal. Uh, You know, very. we kept it very stripped down and Fearless, after the song kind of started getting popular, this is before, of course, radio and all that stuff, Fearless wanted to do a music video for it because it was kind of, you know, it was like on the front page of MySpace and it was like kind of seeing all this traction on a very, very grassroots uh, indie level. And so uh, Fearless wanted to make a music video of of that song. Actually, I shouldn't say that we polled our My- Myspace fans, and we said, what song do you want to see us do our next video for? And it was like 96%, hey there, Delilah, everybody voted for wow. that song. So um, so we kind of thought like it'd be fun to, you know, kind of add a little bit of production to the song. So we went in with Sean in Chicago. It was actually just me and Sean. And uh, he hired this amazing cellist.
0: Real quick, not to interrupt you, that's where that came in. I was wondering if if Sean had a hand in that, which I, no disrespect to Sean, I thought that was odd. I figured you you were out in L.A. with some symphony or, or, you know. (laughs) uh, So this was after the fact, of course, and that track was a bonus track on the next album, Every Second Counts. Is that correct?
2: Exactly. But the same exact version. So, yeah, so Sean did uh he brought this cello player in who was actually it was just one all those strings you hear on Delilah is just one guy and wow. um he's actually the same guy that played cello on uh tonight tonight by smashing pumpkins oh, so he's like a, just a, awesome a baller local chicago dude he was like smoking a cigarette just fucking jamming and stuff it was really cool wow. and and then we added a little bit of organ And, uh, I added a little bit of like a harmony in like the bridge or something and that's it. And then Sean actually mixed the version that you hear. That's the radio version. So, so that, that version we did, uh, you know, obviously Ariel, like I said, all he really did was we recorded the acoustic and the vocal, but man, he really like, like I sang that thing like eight times. I tried to sing it shitty because I made the, I don't know. I don't know how far we want to go into the. Uh, oh, we
0: want to go. We want to go far. I'm going to talk about the demo. So where where was the demo? Because I I got to be honest, I love this uh, the version with it with the cello and the strings and everything. It's great. I love the harmony you did, but there's something to be said about the just the way that the guitar and vocal only hits you. It's so personal. It feels like you're just sitting across from from you playing <laughs> the guitar and singing. It's it, it's great.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you. So yeah. So. Real quick, yeah, I'll go back way back to the de- yeah to the demo. Do. Um, yeah, like basically, I was I borrowed a buddy of mine. Uh, actually, he's in a band, One Life, who I'm working with on my. I got a little record label going, and his band is on my label now. So it's a weird full circle moment. But you know, go back twenty years, basically at this point, and I borrowed my buddy's eight track. It was like a digital eight track because all I really knew how to work was a four track. That's all I ever had. <laughs>
0: so and you are getting fancy be... here
2: with the eight tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, It's you know, <laughs> moving up in the world. Uh, but so all the early T stuff, I actually, I played drums and stuff too. So all the demos, like I would just do on my own and then like present them to the guys, you know? And so I was uh, making demos for all that we needed. And I had like, I don't know, I forget what it was, 12 songs or something written. And so I literally borrowed my buddy's eight tracks so I could lay it all down. And in one day I recorded 12 songs and, you know, full on drums, guitar, bass, vocals, harmonies, and everything. And at the end of the day at like two in the morning, I get to Hey There Delilah. So I, i played, do the acoustic track and then I sing Hey There Delilah. And at this point I've already, I've been singing all day long, I'm tired. And literally, my voice is just shot. And so the demo, it's all you know, you know, it's like brassy as hell. And even <laughs> the bridge wasn't quite finished at that point. Like I didn't have the last line. So the last line of the bridge was a the <tongue> way. You know, it's just like a throwaway, just a goofy lyric, but. Everybody loved it. they were like, holy shit, dude, your voice sounds so awesome on this. And it's so like you said, it there's something about it that's just very, very honest and very believable and very like I'm right there with you, you know? And so when we got to record it in the studio with Ariel, he also loved the demo and the vibe of it. So we uh we were actually sleeping in the studio a lot of the times because we like, were like broke and you know, we had air mattresses in the studio, like in the in the live room on the floor and um so the night like we we did hey there delilah the vocals uh, i don't know this again i'm making the long story long here but i i love it K- hit, keep so it going keep it going we, we had tickets to go see it was we went to see two movies dirt when we were making all that we needed at the arc light in hollywood uh we went to see clockwork orange and we went to see kill bill the very first kill bill it came out in theaters right then so i forget which one it was but we had tickets to one of those movies. And we were like, we were working all day and it was like, shit, we got to go freaking, we got to leave soon to go see this movie. And it was like, oh, why don't we just do the acoustic for Hater hey Delilah real quick? And it was like, oh, okay, fine. Set up, literally did like two passes of it and we just fucking didn't even listen to it. We left to go catch this movie. And so that's how, you know, how much effort was put into the, uh, the guitar of Hater hey Delilah. Luckily it was all written with all those parts and everything. But yeah. then for the vocals, yeah, it was like, cool we wanted it to have that raspy you know feel that the demo had so literally i woke up you know like i said we we're sleeping in the studio so i woke up literally rolled out of off my air mattress and like sang like first thing in the morning without having coffee without having even drinking water or anything we wanted it to be really just shitty and raspy and and you know kind of just crazy sounding. And I, I did like eight or nine takes, maybe it was even like 12 takes, I forget, but he just ran the song and I did, I just sang it over and over again. And yeah, my voice probably getting worse and worse because just no water or anything. And yeah, that was it. And then he, a few weeks later had comped it and sent us the, uh, you know, the comp of it that, that he put together. And I honestly, I think I might've like welled up a little bit because I was like, holy fuck. He like, he nailed it. It sounded so cool. And so, uh, yeah, just like you said, just so raw and honest. So, well, so yeah. a, cu- a couple,
0: a couple things here. So for, for the listeners, uh, when, when Tom said, uh, you know, Ariel had comped at the producer, he had taken the 12 times he sang it and basically went through and picked the, pick the parts that were usable and great. Two things. I f- Thought you were going to say he actually lifted the demo vocal and put it on ah. the track. The <laughs> other thing with this song, it felt like almost that it was cut live, like you were playing guitar and singing at the same time. I'm surprised to hear that the vocal was cut after the guitar was played. This felt like a again, it feels so personal, and it almost seems like this song would be hard to play without singing. When I picked up the guitar and I'm playing along with it, it seems like you'd want to sing with it. If that you makes what's sense.
2: You know, so so funny is it took me a while because I'm you know unashamedly not a very good guitar player like you know i can get by but i'm more of just like a rhythm guy so yeah when i first was writing that song it was kind of hard to like play it and sing it at the same time you know Mm -hmm. so at that time recording it i don't know i guess i'd done the demo uh in pieces as well you know i just played the guitar first and then like i said i've been making demos for the teeth forever just playing one instrument at a time So I'm just kind of used to like doing it that way. So yeah, so definitely just laid down the guitar and then a few days later did the vocal. So,
0: you know, you had mentioned that you got the comp back and you listened to it and you said you kind of teared up a little bit. Did you or uh, Ariel or anybody, Lauren, did you know it was a hit? Did you know you had something special on your hands?
2: Not a chance. I mean, we knew we had something good, you know? We knew that this was good. We knew that people would... Well, I guess we didn't know shit to be honest with you, but (laughs) I thought, you know, from, from the, even writing the song, even like the shitty demo with the vocals that weren't even finished, like people were like, like, you know, our, our group of friends and stuff were like, this song is really like, like dude, this, like, of course they're like our friends and they love everything we do. But it was like a thing where it was like, whoa, this one, you know, it was kind of like everybody just kind of, kind of gravitated to that a couple of our buddies one of my buddies who's like not a music guy at all he was like you better be ready to play this song every day for the rest of your life the first time he heard it so it was like he, he, you know
0: it, he was right
2: yeah no shit i mean little <laughs> did and my grandpa also when he heard it also said this sounds like a hit and also not a music guy at all but just like he could he could hear it, you know.
0: I have total um, goose total goosebumps right now. You tell me that story; it is so awesome. And, and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you why. You know, in my circles, you guys were always revered. The band Plain White T's, great band, great songs. You kind of were pop, kind of rock, had some punk elements. You know, you're from Chicago. You played with every band that that, that I've ever ran with. <laughs> and the first time I heard this song, I was like, "What? I mean, this was such." A step out from what you were known for. I mean, this was just an uh, an unbelievable composition that I heard. Again, it something so personal. It it's folky, but uh, I'm going to use the word grown up. I hate saying mature, but I mean, this was just this was this was next level for your band.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it was no different than the other ones when I was writing. You know, writing it was just along with all the other songs. You know, it's just another song I wrote. But yeah, I don't know what the fuck I wish I knew what that magic ingredient or like what I, you know, what I was drinking that day or, you know, whatever the hell it was. I mean, you know, because you can say like, oh, is uh, uh, of course, a lot of people ask through the years, is Delilah a real girl and all that stuff? And she totally is. But she was just some random girl that I kind of met one night and like thought was really cute. So I wanted to write her a song, you know what I mean? It was like nothing like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you meet Not, a girl, like, a, like, like a lover,
0: Like a lover broke your heart or something. Right, it or...
2: wasn't like anything deep. It was just literally like the smallest little interaction. But like, it was that right, like I had the guitar part of Hey There, Delilah. I was actually trying to figure out, there's a Red Hot Chili Pepper song called Cabron. know that one and it's just this and I was like messing around with it, and I just totally like you know again I'm not a great guitar player so I was trying to just mess with the chords and I like hit the wrong chord like that second chord of Delilah was like an accident and I was like oh wait that kind of sounds cool and so then I just kind of made my own little part and it was like oh this is nice and I just had that kind of like Sitting around for a couple of weeks. And then when I had met Delilah and we had kind of joked back and forth, and she was, she kept asking me because I, I made a, a joke that I had a song about her when I met her. And <laughs> she, so she kept hitting me up like, where's my song? When do I get to hear my song? So then I'm like, huh, I should take that guitar part and mess around with it and see if it works. And literally I just started playing it. And like the first lyric that just rolled, you know, I mean, sometimes it just, Fucking comes out you know like yeah you don't think about it at all and so that whole first verse like basically through the chorus was just like like just fell out of my mouth like it was just because she i didn't know anything about the girl i only met her once i knew she went to school in new york city and that she was pretty that was it you know so it was like that that stuff came out just supernatural. It was just the first thing I thought of.
0: Isn't that cool that we sometimes speak in tongues as musicians? Like stuff comes Ooh. out of us. You're like, where the hell did that come from? Is that <laughs> totally. buried in my subconscious? How did I get that? And those the, those moments f- for me are few and far between. I'm like, oh, how yeah. can I capture? How can I capture that? And when you do, it's such a cool little uh, little thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, normally, right? You're you're kind of like, I don't know, just just. Sweating over it and just thinking, overthinking every lyric, you know. And it was like, yeah, you're right. In this case, it was just like, like, wow, where the hell did that come from, you know? But then, once I got to that first chorus, it was like, okay, well, shit, I know nothing about this girl, so like, (laughs) what the hell? And I'm, and I knew that like this sounds really cool. This first verse, like, I think I'm onto something here. But like, now what the hell do I do? You know, I've pretty much exhausted everything I know about this girl. You know, we don't have this relationship that I'm kind of singing about in the song. So then I basically took my time over the next few months, like literally like in the shower, I'm thinking about lyrics, you know, driving around thinking about lyrics and just kind of wrote the rest of like, okay, I've set this up as like long distance relationship. Like, if I was with somebody in that situation and that was far away that I couldn't be with, you know, at this point in my life, what would I say to them? And that's just how I wrote the rest of the song.
0: That That's awesome. No, I, I was going to say a moment ago that you, when you mentioned your grandfather, that would almost be a gauge for me as a real young songwriter to go, ooh, gran- my parents and my grandpa like it? Nah, I, I'm, I'm going to scrap this one. <laughs> but, the, but the fact that your grandfather, I mean, this song is universal to to. Uh, a newborn young child to a hundred year old person. It, it is it is digestible in that way, but not from a standpoint. There's sometimes you write songs like that. It's like, oh, that's their sellout song, or that's just a, you know, they were trying to be cute here, but there's just something real and honest about this that just can appeal to anybody. I think that's, that's some of the magic and, and the allure of the track. Um, the song is three minutes and 52 seconds. I, I don't know if this is an actual term in music, but the guitar... Uh, I wrote down that that it's pedaling throughout the song, you know. It's just kind of when I say pedaling, it's it's basically your two fingers that are that are picking this thing. And I'll tell you, I got through the first verse. Uh, I, I was I was playing it, and I actually went on YouTube and looked at a tutorial on how to play it. And I'm, I'm going okay. And then after that, I was like, okay, I would have to spend some time with this. The chords are super simple. It's it can either be capoed or in standard E tuning. I was playing it in standard E uh, E tuning. The chords are are very simple but it's the picking pattern that just makes this this song magic and mm. was when you said you sat down with this tune and you started picking uh in, in accordance with that Red Hot Chili Peppers song uh, was that the immediate thought like okay th- this pedaling this 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 picking finger picking has to be throughout
2: you know again the chili peppers song uh it doesn't sound anything like that it was like a mistake on that that i kind of yeah. came up with the delilah thing but honestly i think the pedaling was just it just sounded, you know, I'm all by ear. I don't know how to read music or anything like that. And as I said, not not super great of a guitar player. So I was just kind of doing that naturally. And it was like, oh, this sounds good. Like to my ear, I was like, wow. Like I could kind of listen to this for three minutes. So as long as I just don't fuck it up with the lyric or something, I think this could be good, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it's so funny, because really, that's all music is, right? It's like, if you can write something that that holds someone's interest for three minutes and makes them, you know, feel good or feel something, you know, that's kind of the, the whole goal, you know. Um, so yeah, just the music alone, it just felt nice. And it felt unique. And it felt, uh, it felt good. So, so yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it, it, it is unique and it does feel good And the song's closer to four minutes, but it doesn't feel like it It's three minutes and 52 seconds, doesn't feel like it The first eight seconds of the song are just D major to F sharp minor That happens twice, and at uh, the nine-second mark, we're into verse one And
3: Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty Yes, you do Times Square can shine as bright
0: as you. I swear it's true. Tom, I'm, I'm, I'm calling this verse one, but there's kind of a pre-chorus here, and I want to talk to you about that and get, get your thoughts on that. I'm calling it a verse and a pre-chorus. I'm going to read the whole thing. Hey there, Delilah. What's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Times Square can't shine as bright as you. I swear it's true. And on the yes, you do line, that's where I'm saying the pre-chorus, because uh, every time that happens, the melody changes. Uh, so the argument can be made, this is a pre-chorus. The melody changes, and the chords change here to B minor, G, A, B minor, back to A. So do you consider it all one verse, or is that like the pre-chorus?
2: So I consider it a verse, but it is interesting because, right, you kind of get two lines with, over the same chords and the same melody, Yes. And then it goes somewhere else, which you would think is a, would be going to a different section, but then it just comes right back to the, to the D to, for the, you know,
0: for what I'm calling verse two
2: again, is that next part verse two, or is that still verse one? You know, I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm calling that verse two. I'm saying, you know, verse, verse one was up to that point where I'm calling the pre chorus. Cause it, it, it really is a departure there and it, and it almost right there could have went into a chorus. You know,
2: dude, I've all, of all the years I've never Thought about that fact that the verse that yeah. it goes, it goes somewhere, you know. Good night, you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Times Square. To me, that just feels like it feels like one part, you know, of course. But yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's what made the song a hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've figured know, it out now.
0: That's right. Like I said, I think the argument could be made that it, that it is a, a departure outside of the verse, but but it's great. And again, set up these lyrics for us. This is uh, basically what you what you were saying about Delilah, how, how, you, how you felt about her. And, and was she living in New York City? Is that what that uh, second line is in reference to?
2: Yeah, so I met Delilah in Chicago. She's from Chicago. Okay. And, um... Literally then my my a friend of mine, Kim Berg, was like, I was going to a concert with her one night in in December. uh, or maybe it was in maybe it was beginning of January or something. Because she was like, Hey, is it okay if my friend Delilah comes? Because all all of our other friends are like already back to school and she's got nothing going on. She goes back to school tomorrow. She's got nothing going on tonight. So I said, Yeah, cool. And so we picked up her friend Delilah and I was like, oh, my God, who is this girl? You know, but so the point is, is, yeah, that very next day after after I met her, she went back to school in New York. So she was home for Christmas break or something, you know, from college. Okay. so. So that's. Yeah. So then she was back in New York and then we kept in touch a little bit.
0: I'm assuming she knows the song was written about her or Um. not.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's
0: great. Well, what I'm calling verse two, and it just goes from the the, the verse one, pre-chorus one, if you want, if you, if you will.
3: Hey there, Delilah, don't you worry about the distance, I'm right there. If you get lonely, give this song another listen, close your eyes.
0: Listen to my voice, it's my disguise, I'm by your side I'm by your side. And those last three lines, close your eyes, listen to my voice, it's my disguise, I'm by your side. Again, the chords change much like the first time. I'm kind of calling that the, the, the pre-chorus, which uh, then leads leads into the chorus. So these lyrics here, Tom, uh, you're saying some, some personal stuff. Don't you worry about the distance. I'm right there if you get lonely. Did you had feelings for her? Is that fair to say?
2: Well, I mean, I'm just like a hopeless romantic. So I feel like any girl that I meet that I, you know, Am kind of crushing on i feel like i could write the most beautiful love story in in my (laughs) mind you know it's like i'm in instantly but yeah in this case the idea was that you know you're far away we cannot be together physically so i'm going to write this song for you so that i'm with you whenever you need me kind of a thing you know that was kind of the the idea so basically to be honest with you that very first verse Uh, you know, what's it like in New York city tonight? You look so pretty. That was really the only real, like, okay, this is for Delilah and Uh kind of all of the I I, I do say in towards the end of the song, two more years, you'll be done with school. So I do reference that again towards the end, but like the actual girl, you know, but like everything else, all the other details are more almost about like me and my life, right? Like I'm going to pay the bills with this guitar. Every simple song I wrote to you, like, you know, it's like all more about where I was in life than about the girl.
1: Hey, we'll be right back with this Throwback Thursday episode with Tom Higginson after a few quick words from our sponsors. Before we
0: go any further, I wanted to bring this up. You know, I wrote down that the verses in this song are are, are like choruses in their own right.
2: Well, it's interesting because the name of the song starts yes. every verse. It's not the chorus; it's the verse. You, yeah, r-
0: which leads me into what you what you said a moment ago about the chorus. You're like, well, what the hell am I going to say here? You have this whole story, and there is so much information. It's such a great story. You can you can latch onto the lyric; it hits you. The chorus in this song to me is what truly makes this all come together because it's a simple lyric. Oh, it's what you do to me.
3: Oh, it's what you do to me.
0: can't understand that and get that who hasn't (laughs) felt that you tapped into that that perfect lyric there the story's all built around that and uh at 46 seconds we're into this chorus oh it's what you do to me and that line happens four times. The chord progression here changes from D to just B minor. Two simple chords, but it is that pedaling, picking that just keeps this song moving. It's a slow song, but it feels faster than it is. It, it, it's it's awesome.
2: Hey, fun story real quick about that chorus. Yeah. So I, I mentioned that that whole first verse, which I considered the, the first and second verse, you know, by your, by your means, right? That whole first two verse sections... Through the chorus is what came out of me, you know, instantly. Right. But, oh, it's what you do to me. Completely throw away. I was like, I'll write, I'll write a real line for that later. (laughs) It was like, just, just fluff in my mind. It was like, you know, oh, what you do? It was was just, it was nothing. I call
0: those, I call those placeholders that end up, end up, end up, end up being the end up being that you can't beat the placeholder. You can't beat that lyric.
2: Well, luckily I didn't even really try after, you know, after living with it for a second, it was kind of like, no, I think I like that, you know, but, but right. When I first wrote it, it was just like, I didn't like it. It was just like, it was just there. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll write the real lyric later, but obviously, thankfully I didn't, I didn't touch it. So
0: yeah. You, funny. Said, you, you didn't F it up. You did you did <laughs> right. right. You right. did right. And and forgive me for saying but I I don't think you could have I, I could be wrong here but I don't think you could have injected much more imagery or information into this chorus after all the verses and and, and the and the and especially where the bridge goes there's so much information in that bridge that the chorus has had to be uh you know a little more simple here. Um uh, oh it's what you do to me happens four times. The last line in chorus 1 is what you do to me. And then it comes right back out of that.
2: But that was just a little, little clever turnaround to get to just a musical thing to take you out of the four, you know, just the everything's so even. And then you kind of have this little extra bar just to like, just to make sure you're listening, you know, right. And pull your ear a little bit
0: up to this point in the song from the original demo. No lyrics have changed.
2: Not no. I mean, no lyrics change, no lyric change at all from the demo except it was just that last last line of the bridge hadn't been written yet that was it wow so the the demo was exactly the same lyrics yeah
0: uh, ariel or 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 lauren nobody had any because i know <laughs> lauren was a big lyric guy like i don't know this line could be a little better Did anybody have uh, any suggestions or, or was it, this was this was what it was
2: no everybody uh yeah i mean luckily yeah lauren Lauren, um, you know, he put me through his his Lauren Israel 101 songwriting 101. <laughs> so I was pr- I feel like I was pretty on point with the lyrics, you know, for him. So. OK,
0: OK. Yeah. Well, uh, what
2: I'm calling. I will verse tell th- you. Hang on. Do you, do you know oh, Doug yes. messenger at all? Did, did you ever meet why, that guy?
0: Why do I know that name?
2: He used to. He played guitar with uh, Van Morrison and he was one of Lauren's buddies in L.A., And we actually he owns he owned at the time Hard Drive Studios, which is where we made this record and which is where Jimmy World made Bleed American. And so we got in with Doug, you know, got he gave us a good deal for a studio, but he actually had said, man, if the if you locked those the lyrics in a little bit tighter, like line by line, this could really be a this could really be a hit. (laughs) and of course i didn't change shit but it's funny that he had a little bit of an opinion and i was thinking hey there delano what's it like hey there don't you worry about the, you know what's it like in new york don't you worry about the, you know there's some slight little discrepancies i think is what he was pointing out you know just rhythmically uh the scan of of the of each verse was slight there were slight variations but i think it i'm pretty sure uh, obviously it it locked in enough for people to get it.
0: I think that's what takes this song away from being a cookie cutter pop song to being what I'm calling folky. You know, you listen Mm -hmm. to all the great singers that you consider, you know, Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, uh, they, they, there, there's nothing the same that's really going on. And and I feel, I feel that in this track. I, I, I feel that it's real. I, I, I've said this a lot. I feel the lyrics are honest and I believe you. I believe you when I'm hearing this song. Like, ah, this is believable. This wasn't just some uh, imagined pop song by a record label. You know, I, right. at, least, at, least, at least that's what it feels like to me.
3: Uh, verse three and verse four. Hey there, Delilah. I know times are getting hard, but just believe me, girl. Someday I'll pay the bills with this guitar. We'll have it good. We'll have the life we knew we would. My word is good there Delilah I've got so much left to say if every simple song I wrote to you would take your breath away I'd write it all
0: even more in love with me you'd fall we'd have it all they're interjected with pre-chorus three and four, but we're just going to call them verses.
2: Yeah, I don't believe, <laughs> I don't buy your pre-chorus theory, but I'll, I'll let you have it.
0: You know what? We're going to no, You're not going to let me have it. It's your song. <laughs> this is verse three and verse four. Is no pre-chorus, but there the verses, go. the verses do change with with the chords there. But uh, <laughs> uh, we're we're back to the verse up progression here, which is uh, the D major to F uh, sharp minor. Hey there, Delilah. I know times are getting hard, but just believe me, girl. Someday I'll pay the bills with this guitar. We'll have it good. We'll have the life we knew we could. My word is good. Hey there, Delilah, I've got so much left to say. If every simple song I wrote to you would take your breath away, I'd write it all. Even more in love with me, you'd fall. We'd have it all. And you're talking about someday I'll pay the bills with this guitar, it's almost self-deprecating, but uh, also uh, you're sure of yourself.
2: Well, again, that's where I was at the time. It was like, we're in this band, we're touring, we're making, you know, 10 bucks a day and per diems, that's all we're making. And, but like, yeah. How many, how many
0: times a day can you eat Taco Bell?
2: Yeah, oh, dude, Taco Bell was my favorite. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's like, that was just the real situation right there. But like, of course, you know, I'm an optimist, you know, sometimes to a fault, I think, but You know and i just i just never doubted you know myself or the band for a second so it was like you know just kind of one of those like you know yeah we might have to struggle now but i swear someday i'm gonna make it you know
0: yeah that that lyric uh really sticks out to me there's something uh humbling about that line again that real that realism that i'm talking about with the song and as a musician i could totally relate to that line so you know what i believe in myself damn it someday this guitar is going to pay off you know all exactly this, uh, you know taco bell three times a day on ten dollars <laughs> and may, may, maybe grandpa will like my song someday <laughs> i love that you uh, said
2: by the way uh that because you're a musician you relate there was also something about this song that i knew like i said i was really proud of it i knew it was good But I thought it was so specific in a lot of these, you know, little details, Delilah, New York City, pay the bills with this guitar, you'll be done with school. You know, there were so many of these details that I thought that no one would relate because it was so specific, you know. But Interesting. obviously, I was wrong about that one, too.
0: So, <laughs> Yeah, you, you, maybe you need to be wrong about more of your songs, Tom. I've I know, I, exactly. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, seeing, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> uh, on what I'm calling verse four, the, the second half of verse three, I love the line, even more in love with me, you'd fall. The melody changes on that line. It's killer.
3: Love, even more in love with me, you'd fall.
0: We'd have it all. it's it's subtle but it changes there and it and at that point in the song not that it's you know getting old hat by that point but i i think you needed something there again was that do you remember if that was on the original demo demo or did you happen in the studio uh
2: yeah that was original
0: i love that how that how that melody changes there it's great
2: yeah honestly i think even more in love with me you'd fall even more in love with me you'd fall yeah i don't know that that i think that was just an instinctual thing. I don't think that was purpose. I just think probably like you're saying at that point, you would already heard that melody three times. So it just needed to change slightly, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I can't tell you the last time I broke down a song with this many verses, but the verses tell the whole story. That's, that's where it's at. The choruses aren't saying much, but they say everything. <laughs> if that makes sense. The choruses sure. say, the choruses to me say as, as much or more than the verses, but, but not outwardly, you know?
2: Sure. Well, I think the chorus, you know, to, to go back to what I just said about it relating not, or not relating. I think the chorus is what allows you to relate no matter who you are you know yeah It's like i'm telling my story my story my details but oh it's what you do to me everybody knows that everybody feels that everybody has that girl or that crush or that desire that hope whatever that is that's the part that really allows you know the audience to to be involved i think
0: yeah the lyrics great and chorus too
3: oh it's what you do
0: Four times in a row oh it's what you do to me and the turnaround isn't here on this chorus the last line what you do to me isn't here uh, which is really cool because it's such a great setup when it lifts on that G chord and now we're in the bridge and this is a pretty long bridge <laughs> so much information here but not long in a bad way where it gets it gets arduous it's perfect
3: a thousand miles seems pretty far, but they've got planes and trains and cars. I'd walk to you if I had no other way. Our friends would all make fun of us, and we'll just laugh along because we know that none of them have felt this way. Till so la I can like promise you that by the time we get through the world, we'll never ever be the same.
0: Wow. It, it, pretty, pretty poetic here. I mean, who hasn't felt this? You know, Our friends would all make fun of us, but we'll, we're going to have the last laugh because none of them have felt this way. This is something special, the way we feel here. Mm-hmm. The way you were able to put that into words is great.
2: Yeah, that's one of my favorite lines, I think, in the song because that is uh, the tiny, I think the tiny details. You know, it's like <clears throat> you watch a movie and there can be all these big explosions and there can be so much going on. But it's like the way the girl looks at the guy in that one moment that really makes you feel or that you really connect to. And I feel like that line in particular is kind of that moment where it's like, yeah, everybody's going to think we're crazy. Everybody's going to think, but like, we'll just laugh along because we know, because they don't feel like we do. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I I always thought that line was, um. Uh, was pretty cool
0: that's a great example you just gave because usually when that happens when when the the female or male lead in the movie will give the person the look that's about three quarters through the movie now you got a quarter to wrap up their love story well the the bridge heres three quarters into this song and right. I think that's the, that's the perfect part to 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 have these uh th- that lyric there I think it's great I love the the second to last line the world will never ever be the same it switches to the B minor there and the melody goes up here and it really really lifts the bridge bridge and on that last line and you're to blame where now the melody instead of really soaring and lifting the melody kind of dips down.
2: Yeah, I I'm a sucker for minor chords. I'm a big mm-hmm. uh you know, I always try to I don't know, use them well, I guess, cuz they, they I feel like I'm always kind of uh I feel an impact from them in songs, you know. So yeah, that's kind of a move in that one where I'm going G to the A and then I'll hit the D first and then come to that B minor. So I use the B minor as the fourth chord for the first two lines of that bridge. But then right, as it's really ramping up that third line, I just go straight to that B minor for the third chord, which is a little bit unexpected because you've heard it the same a different way two times. And the melody just kind of comes, rises up to meet it, to hit that, you know, that moment. So, yeah, that's just like a nerdy songwriter move because I just, I love exploiting the the minor chords for sure.
0: It's great, but but two things really stuck out to me with this part. So, was there ever talk of going to the chorus here and not going back to what is the fifth verse? No. No, it went back to the verse. Okay, and the reason I ask that, the reason I ask... I think that the melody, the way you go down there on, on Blame, you go to the lower notes, I think it lends itself to going to the verse. I think if you would have went up there, you might have went to a chorus. But you're know, hearing this for the first time as a listener, you, you might go, okay, we're going to get hit with the chorus again here. Nope, you're going to verse five.
3: Hey there, Delilah, you be good, and don't you miss me two more years, and you'll be done with school, and I'll be making history like I do
0: I love that line. Uh, You know it's all because of you. We can do whatever we want to. Hey there, Delilah, here's to you. This one's for you. The back half of this, which I was uh, erroneously calling the pre-chorus earlier in the song, the back (laughs) half here, the progression changes here. The end phrases now go to G instead of the A chord, but the last chord resolves to that A, and there's a nice little holdout here before chorus three. There's just that little bit of tension that's really, really cool.
2: Yeah. uh, Again... It was just all kind of instinctual. Let's talk about the lyric. First of all, I'll be making history like I do. Complete bullshit. Because at that point, I was not making any history, you know. (laughs) But again,
0: I I want to talk about that line. So where, where did that come from? It's
2: that hopefulness. It's that like that someday I'll pay the bills with this guitar. It's like, listen, I believe in myself. And I know you believe in me and together. And, and again, with th- these lyrics, I, I think uh, one of the other things that really makes the song resonate is that I am taking none of the credit for my own success. It's all her. It's, it's her inspiration. It's her. It's what she did to me that's making this song come out. That's making me sing about this. You know, you'll, I'll, I'll make history, but it's all because of you you know
0: that's a like really
2: i, I think that... that's a really nice little detail that might go over over has gone maybe over even my head but hearing you hearing you read it it's like yeah it's like you know like i said not taking really the credit here because i'm i'm giving it all to to her because her love is what inspired it all and and made it all happen i guess
0: that's a great point. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I'm glad you brought that up. That that that's that's really
2: cool. Oh, and by the way, one more thing, one more nerdy songwriter yeah. thing. Had to throw the name Delilah in there one more time. Hey there, Delilah. It's uh here's to you, right? Because you've already heard it starting every verse. But as a you know, Lauren Israel songwriter 101, let's try to get that title in there one more time just to freaking drive it home. So that last. Hey there, Delilah. Here's to you. This one's for you. Uh, you know, getting it in there one more time.
0: And it it does drive it home because you're really addressing her. You've addressed her throughout every other verse, but you're really uh, addressing it from a from a personal standpoint. <laughs>
3: do me, chorus
0: three, four times, oh, it's what you do to me, but much like chorus one, we get the other line, what you do to me, that happens here. The same chord progression, D to B minor, uh, is happening now with the "woos" at the end. And the melody line is loosely mimicking the melody lines uh, of, of the rest of the chorus. Uh, and the song then ends uh, on a D chord. The woe-ohs at the end. You said the demo was pretty much what it was. I'm assuming the, wo- the woes were there, and was there ever talk from from Ariel, Lauren, anybody that said, I don't know, there should be lyrics here, or, or let's stick with the wo-
2: woes. No, never. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was written like that, demoed like that. Um, I don't know why I thought to do that. I guess I just felt like, you know, maybe there should, we just resolved everything here with that last verse, and the, hey there, Delilah, here's to you and then the chorus i just felt like just wrapping it up would be too soon and just another copy and paste of a chorus would be too much you know that that would get boring so yeah let's just like you said it kind of resemble you know it starts out with a little bit of that melody of the chorus but then just kind of goes off and just kind of floats around for a minute and then it ends yeah
0: what i think is great about it is 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 you get a kind of a double chorus at the end but you're not hearing oh it's what you do to me another four times I exactly think it would be, i think it would be overkill and it's kind of like you're sitting around the campfire doing doing some woes together at the end albeit it's just it's just your, your one uh one vocal your one voice in in wrapping up here tom you know you, you said when you got the 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 track uh comp back and you were listening to it it's like wow you know got, got a little teared up that this is great uh, then, then you were starting to get friends of yours that weren't uh, really musically uh, inclined starting to tell you, you know, I, I think there's something here. When did you have your oh crap moment? You're like, man, this is happening. This, I, I have a hit single here.
2: So, you know, what's funny. So we put the we, we put the song out. We made the video for it, like I was saying, and we added the strings and everything like that. And, and the song was like really bubbling up. Like we went and toured with uh, Hello Goodbye in the U.K., our first time ever over in the UK, we didn't even have our music available yet over there because Fearless was still a really small label back then. Sure. But we would like play our set, it would be super fun. And then we'd play Hey There Delilah towards the end, and the whole crowd would be singing along. And we're like, How the fuck do you know this song? It's not, a, you know, just from like MySpace or the internet or people sharing it or whatever, it yeah. was getting, a, it was spreading on its own which you know that's magical when something like that happens it was going you know viral before that was even a thing i guess you know and so uh that was kind of like the hint of like oh maybe you know this song has some legs or something but fun story so you mentioned it was uh it was on our hollywood records debut so we went we sold a bunch of records on fearless and then we got upstreamed to a major label hollywood records for our next album And the funny thing is, is we actually recorded and put out that album Every Second Counts without Hater Delilah, because that was just like the song off the last album, you know? And we we had our single Hate. Hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you. That was the first single, our first major label single. And that did really well on alternative radio. It was climbing the charts. We played in L.A., the head of the label at the time, which was this guy, Bob Cavallo, who is just a such a badass. He managed Prince. and yeah, that's,
0: that's Rob Cavallo's father.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Legendary. So, super
2: badass. He came to see us. You know, we play Hate. Everybody's freaking going off. He's all s- sitting in the back, all proud. Like, yeah. And then we play Hey are Delilah. And the whole crowd is singing. And he's looking at our AR guy. He's like, what the hell song is this? Do we have this this not on the record, you know? And so they got they ended up getting the rights from Fearless to re-release the song, thanks to just like again, a random Bob Cavallo, you know yeah. proving again his legendary status, saw the song, saw the crowd's reaction to it, and uh, you know, asked us, you know, if we wanted to basically put it out again on the strip it onto the the album and that to be the next single. And of course, as the brilliant uh, band guys we are, we said, no, that song's already out. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, that's old hat. We don't want to put that on our new record. Exactly. How dare you suggest that?
2: (laughs) Luckily, unlike some of our friends' bands that we've seen make stupid decisions in the industry, we came to our senses within a few hours and said, well, you know, everyone seems to like the song that hears it. So maybe we should, like, allow a million people, maybe if a million people hear it, a million people will like it or, you know, so we, we came to our senses pretty quick on that decision. And that's awesome. Obviously, you know, here we are. So, yeah.
0: Well, uh, thankfully clear heads prevailed. I want (laughs) to I want to thank you, Tom, for for sitting in. Uh, what a great story. I had I had no idea where you were going to go with this today. Uh, didn't know if it was just made up. Some words that you had found in a journal, decided to turn into song. Uh, what an amazing song that 15 years now after the fact that you, you wrote and recorded it, uh, it it's still pro- propelling and, and uh, uh, putting the wind in the sail of your career. Congratulations. Thank
2: you. One other stupid fact here, uh, or fun fact, I should say. I did a, an interview recently with somebody uh, in Italy for this Italian, I don't know, some, some, they're actually talking about, did you see that Matches documentary at all, Bleeding Audio? Did you hear about that?
0: So, yeah, we, we just had Sean on uh, just a, a two weeks before before your uh, episode here. So that is, right. uh, that, 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 that's cool. I have not seen that documentary, but Chris, my producer, has seen it. He said, says it's amazing.
2: It's pretty awesome. Like I did, I interviewed for it forever ago. And I kind of had forgotten about it, you know, because Chelsea, the director, was it real she really took her time with it and had to find all the support and all the, you know, the backers and everything to just, you know, get it to this point. Um, but yeah, it turned out amazing. But long story short, I did a, an interview with this Italian magazine about about the movie because I have a little part in it or whatever. And of course, she asked me about, hey, they're Delilah. But this is the fact that I thought was so amazing. She said, you know, telling me her story that the first time she heard it, she cried. It made her cry. She loved it so much. But she said that she didn't speak English. So just hearing the song and not understanding a goddamn word still hit her. And to me, all these years, I always really held much of the song's success to those lyrics. Like we just talked about, you know, breaking down all those lyrics and everything. So it was a really interesting. Uh, you know, I had never had that thought once in my life that, like, oh, maybe like even without the lyrics, it was still a great song. It was still, it still was an impactful song, even if you didn't even understand it. Which, which to me, kind of blew blew my mind again after all these years it was like, holy shit, man, that's, that's incredible. You know, I never really thought about that. So
0: that's awesome. Thank thank you for, thank you for sharing that because there is something haunting about this vocal and, and uh, the melody uh, and, and the guitar chords or something haunting. If you don't even uh, know what, what you're saying, I think the lyrics just uh, uh, tie it all together for sure. But, but that's a really, that's a really cool story.
2: Yeah. Use it or not. I don't know. (laughs) know No, definitely
0: (laughs) going to use it. It's it's great. Uh, At this point, is there anything you'd like to leave listeners with With what's coming up with plain white tees yourself? Uh, Anything you'd like to talk about?
2: I mean, yeah, everybody should, should check out my, I've got a solo project that I launched during the pandemic. I'm doing like a a very synthy eighties vibe thing, but with the, you know, the honesty that I have, I think in my song, I can't help, but like have that honesty in my songwriting but yeah, it's called Million Miler, and I just put out a song called What the Fuck Happened to <laughs> 2021.
3: And the time keeps ticking away, keeps sticking away, like I'm looking at a ghost when I'm seeing my face. I'm just trying to get the most out of ever in
2: So very relatable, uh, as well. Uh, so everybody go check that out. And yeah, I started up a record label. So I feel like, you know, that's something that people should check out and and look into, I'm helping produce and develop, you know, much inspired by people like Lauren Israel and, and, you know, that kind of discovered us and developed us when we were young, uh, just trying to pass that forward and, you know, find new artists and help produce stuff and, and put their stuff out. So that's called Humans Were Here. So I would say, yeah, check out Million Miler, Humans Were Here. And yeah, and like I said, Plain White Tees, we're about to go record some new stuff in Nashville next week. So new stuff coming next year from the Tees as well.
0: Awesome, Tom. Well, man, again, thanks for sitting in and congratulations on all your success and continued success.
2: Thank you, man. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks for, I, I love hearing you read the lyrics. It was like... I, I could kind of hear them in a different way you know just kind of sitting back and listening. That was really cool. do
3: for you I, love I love you. you There's only one way to say
1: those three I hope you all enjoyed that Throwback Thursday episode. Don't forget to scroll back through the back catalog. There are a lot of amazing episodes for you to check out. And if you really love Krista makes a podcast, head to kristamakes.com and sign up for our supporting cast where you'll get instant access to another giant back catalog of episodes of the after party. It's a really good podcast as well. I promise. Plus you'll be supporting this show, which I know you love. Okay. Thanks everybody. We'll see you on Monday with a new episode. There's one two, three, four.
3: For you, I, I love, I love you. you. There's only one way to I say those three words,
2: and that's what you. I'll do. I love, I
3: love you. you.
2: What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason, and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun. Hi, this is Paul Phelps.